0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, right here on Apple Podcast. Tune in, listenNotes.com. And at Player FM, and as well now Wednesdays, 10 a.m. on Indie Rap Radio, IndieRapRadio.com. Indie you can get the app there, and right here as always on Block Talk Radio. Uh, you guys are tuning in to the best podcast, Talking Women's American Football, 10 years running and the NFL. So uh, we have topics coming up today. We got special guests lined up. We have Wynn um, Flato donomy of the WFA, Maya Holland Blaze coming on here in a couple minutes. And then uh, we will talk based on the Alliance of American Football in about uh, 40 minutes with Junior Pardo of AAF Extended on Twitter. So we're going to be talking AAF. And uh, Troy Wilson will be joining me here momentarily as well. We will not have Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, or Louise Bean today. But we will, should have uh, Troy Wilson along the way here in a couple of minutes, about a half hour or so. So uh, other than that, great action happening all over the globe. As Gridiron West had their uh, premiere All Star Game, second season for them, first All Star Game, and the All Star Game format, 11 uh, versus 11, South versus North. Uh, originally, the season was 999, which they're trying to get to the elevated game of 11 or 11. But the All Star Game was 11 or 11, so it was a great matchup. You can go to the hub at facebook.com/slash Gridiron Beauties. Get all the uh, information there in terms of the coverage and some highlights that happened there. We will get uh, BAFA Women updates uh, as soon as we get double coverage reporting off of that, and we will dive into the Sapphire series as well uh, on the Facebook page as well. And we had LNFA Feminina in uh, 9-on-9 and 7-on-7 action, so we'll get to that later in the hour here in Spain, as well as XFFL in Texas, also week four, And we'll dive into that as well. Um, Kind of a note to mention today, big deal. Antoinette Harris uh, has committed um, to uh, Central Methodist College. Uh, She had six offers. And today, uh, via NBC News, as well as other uh, outlets on Twitter, including her official Twitter page, um, she announces that she's going to Central Methodist College to uh, go for college uh, aspect of her football, and then hopefully at this point a springboard to the NFL. So take a look at that uh, on our Twitter feed at Gridiron Beauty, as well as the story that came out on Facebook at the Hub, Facebook.com for size Gridiron Beauties. Another uh, news and notes: big sponsorship, sixty, uh, I believe sixty thousand uh, dollars for sponsorship here uh, for the WNFC. That was announced by them. And so uh, also the WNFRC, the uh, rankings committee, uh, myself and Dana Sparling-Sparks of Easy Football and Julie Shockley will be the uh, four members of the inaugural rankings committee. Uh, It will be a a similar style to what you see in the NCAA, which is a combination of, of the four of us our input, and then obviously the coaches poll, which would be all the coaches in the uh, all the WNFC teams. And the consensus every week uh, starting in April for the remaining weeks of the season uh, will give you our takes in terms of what we feel should be the number one ranked team in the uh, WNFC all the way down to the last ranked team in the WNFC. Some tidbits in terms of what that's going to mean for each team Uh, We are going to be diving into coaches and every WNFC team kind of get an idea what their, what their top playmakers are, what kind of schemes are they running sort of gives us an idea of what we're able to analyze and give our two cents in terms of what teams are deserving of the top squad, as well as teams that obviously need to make performance uh, increases in terms of within the season. And at the end, uh, it's going to be a ranking of, who gets seated where from the East to the West uh, for the clash in Dallas for the semifinals. And of course the title nine cup in Denver, that's going to come up in the uh, fall close to June, uh, June in the fall. So pretty excited to be working with the WNFC in terms of the ranking committee. It's very important. Um, All the players in the WNFC at this point are going to be these focus for us Going forward, not so much the teams and the history, but for me, it's more of a player standout in terms of the, what the roster brings to the squads. Um, there are teams in this uh, league right now who haven't played a down yet, and there's obviously teams in this league that have played you know, seasons upon seasons in other leagues. So it's kind of interesting to see how that's going to transpire. It's a big hurdle for the WNFC um, to get themselves up and running, competitive matches week to week sort of the same concept that you would have with the AAF at this point so um you know it's going to be a very very big responsibility coming in to do that uh, let's bring in uh Troy here to talk about that Troy how's it going
2: today buddy oh man a little bit crazy man But you know what we're all living and uh you know and, and breathing and we got to be thankful for that man so uh you know I'm, I'm doing great all right, Troy.
1: Uh, thanks for making it in. I really appreciate it. I know you got a hectic schedule. I got a hectic schedule, and and Holly and Mackenzie have a hectier schedule as they try to get ready for the uh, the event. And then Luis is trying to figure out how to get to Cancun this weekend. So everybody's got a hectic schedule this this week. So really appreciate you making the time, and really appreciate it. Um, you got it. Troy. The WNFC. So uh, I was invited to be on the rankings committee which I accepted because I think it's a really good move, try to get perspective. So we have Dana um, Sparling from the Women's Football Foundation, John Sparks from Easy Football Rankings, uh, Julie Chocolate, a veteran uh, player as well, and then uh, myself. So that's going to be pretty impactful. And then we combine that with the coaches poll. So we got like sort of an NCAA type of mentality going there, and that's what the WNFC leadership really wanted to do for season one. So it's going to be kind of interesting as we go week to week as we start ranking teams week to week.
2: You know, the great thing about rankings is that they are always arguable, and so you know there is a lot of a, a lot of pressure on on you know the people who are uh, compiling these rankings. But I think is 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 very integral to any kind of um, any kind of league, any type any type of competitive league to have a power ranking. Or you you know uh, something of that nature. So I just think that's a really good idea. And 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 you know what that allows you know uh, fans to chirp in. Of course, it allows the teams to uh, kind of weigh in on their side of it. So rankings is, is is always a great thing. And so and you know what and there's a lot of pride that goes along with those rankings. I mean, listen, when it comes down to it, if you're a player on any of these teams, you want to be mentioned amongst those rankings. You know I mean. Obviously, you know, if if somebody's going to be ranked a little bit lower, they may have something to say about that. But at the same time, there's still a little bit of motivation or a lot of motivation, depending upon who you are, um, you know, to to be in those rankings. And, of course, you have those who don't care about the rankings. What they want to do is go ahead. They want to play all of the games and they want to win the games. And, And at the end of the season, they'll compile rankings that way. But, listen, you know, who's kidding who? Rankings are important. In, in, in my opinion, if I'm a team, I want to be ranked number one throughout the entire year. That's something that people, you know, can, can um, brag about. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how these rankings uh, start off, uh, especially after week one. Well, how is it going to work? Is it going to be like from week one, or are they not going to rank until after a certain period of time in the season? So, we're working on preseason
1: rankings uh, prior based on history and past performances. And then as week one comes into play, uh, t- typically by week three, we should know exactly who's going to be in what, you know, process. Kind of like you do with the the college football, right? Week three, week four, you pretty much know what's going to happen and who's going to be in the, in the, in the uh, driver's seat. So our job is really to kind of combine with the coaches, figure out and get one ranking uh, for all teams. Um, so from top to bottom, uh, 14 points for the top team, all the way down to zero points for – obviously the last place team that's not making it happen. So it's going to be pretty awesome and pretty exciting. Um, so I'm kind of excited to do that and kind of get a feel for that as well. Um, Troy, Nike uh, does it again. Um, Serena Williams comes up with the Nike commercial. Uh, call me crazy. So I guess we can kind of reference that to the women's game as well, because nobody thought that these girls could play American football and everybody's been playing American football for a long time, over 30 years. So, Call them crazy, I guess. Yeah, you gotta
2: you gotta take your hat off to Nike for, you know I I believe that the way Nike is going about things, especially in their recent um advertising campaigns, that they're on the right side of history. Um, the progressive side and and I just think that you know, the more inclusionary sports are becoming, I think that just draws everyone together. Everyone knows that, you know, there are you know, when it comes to sports, sports really draws people together. And so just by their their ad campaigns and, and being able to be very inclusionary and,
0: and, and giving
2: a shout-out to the women athletes out there who don't get enough pub, as it is. Um, so, I mean, I, I just think that they're really doing a great job in doing that. And so, again, my hat's off to them for that one. And, of course, Serena Williams is completely deserving of uh, being anyone's poster child, especially for athleticism, and just being the, the, the great all-time great athlete that she is. She definitely earns um, any accolades that she can get uh, at this point.
1: And, you know what, the, the, the reality is we're living in more prominent times where uh, we're elevating that type of a, a message where, you know, women do play athletics and women do play certain men's traditional sports. And I think that's really the reality that we have in. So a lot of pressure, as we talked about, about the WNFC to stand out, as well as, uh, you know, the WFA to stand out. So in in terms of the women's game, it's really that's kind of where we're at right now coming into season in this up, up, upcoming season, April, with the WNFC. A lot of pressure for, I think I posted on, on Facebook, this is going to be the year where it's uh, a lot of the pressure goes on the athletes of the WNFC. The hype will be over as soon as kickoff uh, launches no different than the AAF, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, at that point is it's, um, you know, how good is the product on the field? And, and the great thing is, is that, you know, all of those teams have, um, they have proven themselves and maybe in different leagues, but you know, you, you see the pedigree is there uh, with a lot of these teams. So, you know, and I think that would be the, the, of course, the stark difference between uh, the WNFC and, you know, say the AAF where the AAF has, you know, some of the players that are on there but the organization in itself is new at this and you kinda of see some of the remnants of that when you watch the AAF play. Um, you know, some of that stuff is hard to watch and some of it is a little bit fun, but you know, for the most part they're they're starting to struggle right now. And I think you won't see that with the WNFC because again, those teams are are, are established. They are you know, it's just a, a different hierarchy and a different way of doing the business. But I think all in all, when it comes to the product of football on the field, I really think that a lot of these teams are going to be able to elevate. And, um, you know, some of them are going to fall back because, you know what, the, the competition in, in the uh, WNFC might be a little bit more than, say, the IWFL um, or the W uh, – excuse me, uh, uh, the WFA. And – so it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see who who takes that mantle and becomes one of those top teams in that league, and and some of the teams that may struggle in the beginning and find their footing late. I mean, these things are all interesting, and, and, you know. These and, and a lot's going to contribute to those stories, but it's going to be interesting to watch, to say the least.
1: Troy, we're going to have our Cleveland Browns in the WNFC, right? We are going to have one, two, three. Probably a couple of Cleveland Brown squats in the
2: first season. Yep. You have to have somebody, you know. I mean, that's just you know that's the way the, the world works. The I, dog, but yeah, I hope to I, I don't dog. want to be that coach. <laughs> would be that coach. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and you know, you gotta have a top dog, and then you gotta have somebody that's the tail. So I mean, that's that's just the way that it works, and you know, when it comes to competition, and nobody wants to be that team, you know. And we, you know, what we have to, we gotta start getting away from the Cleveland Browns. Don't forget the Cleveland Browns had a pretty good season, you know. So I, I don't know who we would quantify as that right now. Maybe the Washington Redskins. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm really mad at them right now, but uh, I think. <laughs> it going to be very interesting to say at least. You know, that comes out this season. But yeah, you do not. At want least your, at least your owner isn't like Robert Kraft. So you got to
1: be at least relieved from that, I guess. <laughs>
2: you, you know what? I'm not sure. man. look, look. Daniel Snyder just bought a hundred million the yacht. Um, he might Uh-oh. have got a whole lot of Robert Kraft going on in that on that yacht. So I'm just <laughs> that's a big boat. So it's a lot of square footage to get into some kind of tomfoolery on something like that. It was, so, you know what, I Troy, it was just going pass that guy. Totally <laughs> hilarious, Troy. When, that, when
1: the story came out, uh, there was a lot of people on Twitter that said, why couldn't it have been Daniel Snyder to kick him out of the league? <laughs> I'm oh, like, what?
3: was that love. There's that
1: love for the Redskins owner. Oh, I boy. Hoping, I was hoping. Something I bet you like were. Just I just, bet you were.
2: Just, just <laughs> do something. Just do something just, just that, that just embarrasses the entire league that Goodell is just he's just throwing stuff around as all I want Daniel Snyder to do something so egregious that it's just no way in hell they're gonna let him keep the team. I don't want him to go to jail. I don't want Daniel Snyder to go to jail. I don't think he's a bad person. But he is a horrific owner. And just just do something to get him out of the league. Anything. And, you know, wow. I was hoping that, you know, did a Scooby-Doo where they take the mask off and, and, and <laughs> like, it's Robert Kraft, <laughs> it's Daniel Snyder. And he was like, I would have gotten away from you. I was hoping that something like that happened, but you know what? My luck isn't that good, but you know, I hope Robert Kraft, I hope he, you know, gets the stuff together, man, but ah, I was hoping that was Snyder, man. I was hoping it was.
1: Yeah, I think it was at the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, based twice. on reports, <laughs> little now <senile>. little now <laughs> thinking maybe at that, that age group now.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't a very smart move.
1: On, they didn't no, say crazy. what did it? What was somebody on Twitter said? Oh, it's not the spa. Oh, it was,
2: uh, oh okay, I forgot. <laughs> no, you didn't forget. You know, you know, and, you you know, know right. what? I started to get, I started to get a little bit scared because they were like, and we have film, and I was like, please don't show that film. I don't want to see that. Yeah, exactly. Seriously, you know. I mean, I forgot, Seriously. Uh, you know yeah. It was regular. And that's a, day, so hey, all that I'm, stuff hey, came day out day during
1: day. dinner time, Troy. That, that, that just that wasn't going to be good for film. You know what I mean? Just had yeah, dinner.
2: Like, that, yeah, <laughs> that's not good.
1: That's, that's just not good, man. <laughs> all right. Um, you guys can go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Get your leggings, tees, everything else up there, up to 15% off. Uh, use the daily codes there. If you're international, no problem. Go to Zazzle.com at the tab, worldwide tab get your country code save money on there as well. If you're in the US, you can subscribe to Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks and you can get free shipping domestic on the in the US. So uh let's go bring in uh the talented uh Gwyn of the Red Hot WFA Maha Blaze Troy always in the news. This girl has been putting it together since the start of the year and now she's looking for championship dominance. Uh Gwen, how's it going?
0: Hey, it's Wynn, but hi, how's it going everybody?
1: There you go. See? What did I say? Gwyn, right?
0: It's Wynn. W-Y-N. W Y N.
1: Okay, Gwen. I apologize. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, it's all but good. But we're t-
1: we're just talking about craft and uh we're just we're just laughing our heads off here. Just figuring that out. But anyways. Um how is Matai the place to be? Because it looks like in the Division Two round here, as you go through all the teams. I even talked to to the, to, uh, um, the uh, Vixen. I talked to Jody about that. And how are you able to get everybody over there? There's got to be some sort of commission or Orioles or something going on there.
0: <laughs> I, I wish it was that simple. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I just I present what I have to offer to to players and you know what my vision is for this team and my goal and um you know all I can do is hope that people people buy into that and see that and uh, know that we're here for one reason and one reason only and that's to win a championship. And um you know I've I've been very lucky to to be able to I, I know you're speaking of like Jamie Pornall um and Brooke Leeps and I've I've just been really lucky that they can see my vision and, and that um they've decided to participate in that. So,
1: yeah, no, I'm, I'm already talking about Pornell. We, we talked to her about it personally about how she got apparently uh, taken to Denver and it wasn't supposed to be that way. And eventually she ends up there and it's basically, I I don't know if she got tag teamed by her other half. And then, you know, you talk to her and all of a sudden she got the bug again to play football. So uh, great for you, I guess.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, You know, I I got an email from her other half, and it was just – it was lights out from that point on. Um, You know, as soon as I I heard that she was here in Denver, I was like, well, let's get it on. You know, it's time. Let's make this happen. So
1: Now, um, when uh, you got St. Louis coming back, that Midwest uh, schedule that you got there, you got the Titans – You got the Slam. Uh, So it's going to be a really tough contested uh, division in the Tier 2 there. Uh, We talked to the Vixen. They're looking forward to it. Obviously, you're looking forward to it. So um, what what do you say of the schedule so far? You think that's going to be pretty competitive, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately unfortunately for us, where we're located, um, we are in Colorado. So I, I don't get the luxury of, you know, getting to play some of those other teams, um, such as the Slam and, and the Vixen, you know, during regular season, uh, we do get the Titans on our schedule, so so that's good news. And um, I, I tell you, we're we're looking forward to playing them and and uh, finishing finishing as I say, unfinished business. So we're looking forward to
1: it. Uh, we- have we settled on a QB yet, uh, Lori? Or are we going with um, we're going with Brooke? Or, or are we still working that out?
0: Um, we're we're still working it out. I mean, we've got several options, which is which is pretty amazing. Um, I'm blessed at that position. You know, we've got uh, Adrian, we've got Smooth, we've got Kimmy, we've got Brooke. So um, I can't complain there. And you know, we've got another month of working out. And uh, you know them throwing the ball and earning spot we 'll see what happens
1: are they all they 're all multi talented right so they 're not going to play just quarterback if depending on how many quarterbacks you you're going to have on the roster are you, Are you going with three quarterbacks on the roster or are you just keeping two primary quarterbacks
0: Ah, huh. that's you know that 's a tough one um, we 'll probably have three on the roster um, yeah. but like you said they're they 're pretty talented um smooth is you know, one hell of a receiver. Um, she's been an All-American receiver. Um, Adrian, um, she is, you know, a linebacker. Uh, Kimmy is a safety. Um, you've seen Brooke with the Titans. She can throw the ball, and she's, you know, she's played corner um, before. So, so we're, we're pretty blessed in that sense um, that they're able to, to pick up other positions if needed.
1: Defensively, you got Hernandez out there. Um, Who's on defense that fans are going to get to know that maybe we're all stars.
0: Oh, good Lord. Uh, All of them. I mean, Yo-Yo, she's amazing. Uh, Number four. And then we've got um, Sean, Sean Brigham, number 50. Um, She's our nose. She's, she's unbelievable. Um, She, you know, goes in sometimes at, at fullback as well. So, She's definitely a threat in several different areas. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, our defense is is probably one of the better defenses. I'm I'm proud of them. I mean, our our, our dark.
1: Now the league has changed uh, from last year to this year. Changes have happened. LA's dropped off. We got Cali War. So there's a lot of things that happen in the WFA in terms of a year span, and that happens almost every year since you know since I've been covering it. There's always been, you know, shuffles in leagues, teams moving from one league to another, things like that. But uh, stability in the last three years has been kind of a normal uh, with certain teams. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Los Angeles rebranding themselves Cali War doesn't really change much in that sense in terms of the Tier Mm 1 scene. But uh, what was your biggest, you know, takeaway from the offseason so far before we launched, you know, in April?
0: For, for my division or overall?
1: No, overall for the, for the brand, just for the league itself overall.
0: Um, I guess I would have to say that we've been making a lot of changes um, and, and trying to implement new things and focusing on some areas that I don't want to say have been neglected, but um, haven't been in the front as much. So I've been really excited about that. I mean, you know, this is our tenth season in the WFA. Um, not the blaze, but overall the the tenth anniversary for the WFA. Um, so you know we're we're a staple. we're there. But what we need to do and what we have been doing in this off season is um, really digging deep and looking within our league at what we can do to improve the areas that we need to step it up. And um, really focus on. And I think that we've been doing that in the off season and, and it's showing.
1: Now, uh, when you have a, a, a pack that we talked to Jody about, mm-hmm. uh, Redlander, which was really nice, uh, I believe it was started by yourself from my information that I gathered. Yes. And so mm-hmm. that was important. That's something that is similar realm of, you know, the NFLPA in, in, in a lot of senses, which is feedback and constructive things to happen well, obviously we have, we don't we're not earning money yet in terms of contracts and stuff like that but the the input is always nice to have in terms of how to better the league from a player perspective or how to improve things from a player's perspective in terms of you know preventing injuries and things like that um, on an owner side um, what was some of the things that you guys are doing are you guys also doing that kind of thing on the owner side kind of combining a handful of owners just to kind of uh, you know forge the brand forward
0: um, we definitely, we have an owner's group um, where we all talk and we, you know, discuss our opinions and ideas and, um, you know, we meet constantly, you know, in that group. Um, the, the whole purpose of the pack was, you know, a place for players to come in and talk, a, play, a, a place for players to learn, um, to vent, whatever whatever they needed to do. Um, and then to have that gap um, sealed up, to where we can have communication between players, owners, the board, Lisa, you know, everybody's on the same page now, and everybody's voice can be heard, which is which is pretty. To me, that's a that's a pretty pretty amazing thing um, for players because you know you know how it is. I mean. You play football. You know when the league starts. You know when it finishes. You know when your games are, and that's that's the just of it, right? Um, how many players really get to have their voices heard by other owners or even the board of directors to be able to have their their ideas implemented? And the owners are pretty darn receptive right now. They're pretty excited to hear what these players have to say because. A lot of times owners think that, okay, this is the, the main issue that a player has. And it turns out it might be something completely different, you know. And I can't tell you how many times I've had players talk to me and have had some, some ideas that I've been able to implement. Um, they may not have the, the resources or, or whatever to get that idea going, but just the fact that they can, they can voice that to me and and get things rolling, man, that's amazing.
1: So Mile High, top dog here. Let's bring in uh, Troy here to pick your brain here uh, on what we're, we're going to expect for 2019.
2: So go ahead, Troy. Hey, well, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, I'm going to get right to it. The motto for the Mile High Blaze this year it's unfinished business. You guys came up on the on the right side of things against San Diego. And then you ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw with Minnesota. And I know that's gotta leave. You know, it's kinda stuck in your crawl. You're looking forward to getting back to playing football this year. Tell me about the mindset of the team. To me it seems to me like you guys have You've already got your rallying. You guys have got a motto for the season. So you guys have to be chomping at the bit to get this thing started again to see where you can end up this year. Tell me where you think things will be a little bit different with the team this year as far as how, how far you guys go in the league.
0: Well, I, I think that um, I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think one of our issues um, when we played the Vixen was we gassed out. Um, we got up there in that humidity, and we gassed out. And I think that the girls, when they realized, you know, what was going on with that, um, I don't think you'll see that same issue this season. Conditioning, you know, we brought in a strength and conditioning coach um, who's not messing around with these girls. And they know what it's going to take on that end, you know, to keep progressing. So I think that they've seen – Um, you know, what happened last season, uh, same thing the season before, you know, it, it, it just sucks getting one game uh, away from the national championship two years in a row. It happened with the slam and then it happened with the Vixen. And it's just, it's not going to happen again. It's unacceptable. And, um, you know, everybody's on board with doing whatever it takes to get to that next level, whether that's, you know, simple conditioning, or whether it is, you know, practicing um, you know, five nights a week, whether it's on the field or in the classroom, no matter what it takes. These girls are committed 110%. And and that's and that's all I can ask for from them. This is serious business with them. That's it.
2: You know, when you have a mindset change like that, well, I'm not going to say a mindset change. I'll say a mindset tweak because you guys are already a winning program. You guys have have, have, uh, solidified yourself as one of the winning programs in the WFA. You guys are a quality team. But now you have, you know, it's a tweak to the mindset. And so how does that filter down to the young young kids coming in? Because you guys got some new people coming in this year um you know some uh, some some rookies you know first year players how do you think that you know the culture that you guys are establishing right now is filtered to them has it been easier to get the, get the youngins uh, motivated or do you find it a little bit still difficult to try to get them in line and and, and get them ready for the season
0: um you know i want to say it, it, don't don't take this you know as 100% but i want to say we have about 30 at least 30 rookies um, ish. Wow. And that's, the, that's the, a lot. the, yeah, yeah. And the big thing that I, I want to say has been different this season is the vets, they have no mercy with, with the rookies. Um, they expect the same thing from the rookies. There's no excuse of I'm a rookie. I didn't know, you know, you need to learn and you need to get that figured out and you need to get it corrected and you need to make it happen. And the vets are holding them accountable. Um, You know, each vet is responsible for a certain particular rookie. Um, So they're responsible for making sure that, you know, they're studying, they're in the classroom, they're on the field, they're in the gym, they are in all of the, the chats, they're in the live streams, you know, they're taking their tests. Our coach, you know, makes the girls take written exams and stuff. I mean, they are being held accountable and, and that, I think, is something a little bit different this season than it has been in the past, especially when you have as many rookies as we do. Beautiful, beautiful.
2: And my, and my last question uh, for you, I, I want to know, um, uh, just wanted to get your thoughts as far as um, that you have a new league, WNFC. Mm-hmm. And, and you know it's in, in it's in direct competition with the WFA. I wanted to get your thoughts on you know what you think about that, and also, <clears throat> excuse me, and also your thoughts as far as how the women's game is going to start progressing, maybe in the next five years. Because it seems to me like it's an uptick in participation throughout the entire world. I mean, we cover this all the time, and it just seems like more and more women are being involved in the game of tackle football. So, your thoughts on? you know, with the new league coming in and also your thoughts as far as the future of women's
0: football. Sure. Um, Of course, we're talking about the WNFC, I'm sure. And, um, you know, look, I I wish them the best of luck. Um, I hope that they do what they say they're going to do. And I hope that, um, you know, whatever that may be, I hope that it's successful. Um, I've got to focus on, my team and my league and making it better and um, taking things to the next level for us, if that makes sense. Um, if I'm always looking in the, you know, in the rear view mirror at what someone else is doing, we, we know what's going to happen. Right.
2: Awesome. So, yeah,
0: exactly. um, yeah. So, so with, with the WSA, um, where things are progressing or how women's sports are progressing, let me tell you, I mean, you know, I I talked to a lot of the semi-pro guys here in, in Denver, and, you know, one of, the, one of the really cool things, you know, for me is there's not a lot of players that can say they are paid players. My girls have been featured in, you know, let's just say the Adidas commercial, right, and the Yvonne Miller commercial. Between my players and some of the, the Cali players, they've been paid well over $35,000. I mean, come on. That's that's a huge step. That's that's more progress than you could possibly imagine. To someone who's not involved with football, that may be like, "Oh, okay, that's that's no big deal. Good good for them, right?" But for the women that are playing the game, to be able to get a paycheck in the mail for doing something that they love and having that, you know, passion and being able to to actually make money doing it, that's huge, right? Um, Not only that, but, you know, I'm getting phone calls, uh, you know, daily from people wanting to sponsor and wanting interviews. And they're like, "What? what? Wow, women's football, this is amazing. You know, the word is getting out. People are recognizing women as athletes and as football players. And that's I think where it where it begins to educate the public that there's more to football than just NFL players, right? Um, they, sure, they know about about the little guys playing Pop Warner, and they know about college and NFL, but it, it's never been in the forefront, you know, women playing football. And it is, it's taking off. I have to congratulate Adidas for for sparking this. I mean. Not only, you know, did my players get to, to, to participate in that and shoot a commercial with Vaughn Miller, and then Brooke was in, was in the primetime, you know, playoff commercial in between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, who, can you complain about that? Not so much, right? Absolutely. So I, I, I think Absolutely. that things are, things are growing, um, and, and that's, that's more than I could ever ever ask for.
2: I definitely, yeah, and exactly right. And and I just think, I mean, we were talking about this earlier in the show, and I just love the way that you know is it, is is everyone is the the progression that you see, um, you know, around the country, and you know, being inclusionary and just giving recognition. I just think you know I, I think inclusionary is not necessarily the word that I would look for. It's more so recognition because you know I mean women have been playing you know these sports for the longest time. And I just think that the recognition um, that the ladies are getting for, you know, for all of the athletics, but especially in regards to women's football, I just think it's tremendous. So I, I, I love what you guys are doing out there in Denver. I'm rooting for you. Um definitely going to be looking forward to seeing how you guys progress this season. So you guys are going to have a fantastic season. I'm convinced of it. Uh, no jinx here, but, you know, please come back and see me again because I, I definitely enjoyed the conversation and we enjoyed having me on the show.
0: Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that, and I appreciate the kind words. It means a lot. Thank you.
1: When uh, we are anticipating a huge summer, it's like a girls' summer in the U.S. Between the two leagues, your brand pretty much already stapled, you know, 10 years in, survives pretty much every other league that we've had in place. Uh, but, you know, you're standing tall with over 65 clubs. And then we get this WNFC excitement that's coming in. And then, you know, the whole fanfare between the Super Bowl and all the ads. And today, the announcement of Tony Harris going to Central Methodist College as well, one step closer for her to try to make her dream come through for the NFL. Um, so all that, uh, you know, plus the, the Adidas commercial and – you know, Sam uh, Sam Gordon being in the, the NFL 100, so a lot of exposure, a lot of awareness. Um, it's just coming full circle in a lot of ways, and then the, the buzz internationally continues to be hot. It's like a hot oven in the international scene between you know Europe, uh, Australia, and now Mexico. It's just it's kind of just you know it's just an excitement that people want to play this sport. And it's not just because it's, you know, women playing football. It's just people just love to play football. I guess it's the unity, the the team fair and everything else. And once they get to that level, you know, internationally, we have, you know, we have the excitement of IFAB and I've been trying to get Richard McLean on here to kind of give us an idea of what the vision will be for IFAB for the women's side. But it just looks like it's going to be uh, another, you know, in another couple of years, it's going to be the same thing. And we're my, we might even have, of having just four teams internationally in terms of the uh, the world stage, we're not even getting six teams. So just uh, that alone, just you know, it's just it's blown up. Not just in the states, and then uh, lately, uh, with the last ninety days, you had teams in the WNFC plus the WFA announce you know international players coming over to play in your league and their league. So everybody mm-hmm. really is just excited to you know want to play at the top level. And right now, your brand is basically the top level. Uh, because, like I said, the WNFC hasn't played one down yet, so it's it's an excitement right. to come to the states as well and just kind of like hone your skills, no matter what tier it is. They just want to play.
0: Yeah, we we just secured our our first international player who, you know, will be arriving here shortly um, from France. She's a French national rugby player, um, and uh, you know, th- just the the thought that someone wants to come here to Denver from france to play football holy cow i mean that's insane you know um sort of an honor in a way because
1: it's like you guys have set that mindset right where this is the top level tier because a lot of the international players and all the coaches that i that i interact with it's like their leagues are top right but a lot of the leagues are playing 999 or seven on seven and that's because of the numbers and the lower – and so when they get an opportunity to come play 11-on-11, 11 11, that right there just blows their mind.
0: Yeah, no, this is this is definitely uh, the beginning. I think that 2019 is going to be the beginning of uh, pretty huge things for women's football across the board, period.
1: And you know what? I was sitting in meetings uh, what a couple weeks ago, and we're sitting there. You announced – um, I think WNFC announced their, you know, uh, nine title cup championship in Denver. And then you guys turn around and uh, about a week or two later, you guys are going to have the uh, WFA national championships in Denver. So I guess Denver is the place to be.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it works out, you know, logistically, I think it works out and it's a, it's pretty smart. It's, you know, smack dab in between, you know, both coasts and, um, you know the weather here is pretty phenomenal, and I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty epic. I and you know, the I've flights been working...
1: are about as cheap as you can get too. So it's not like Vegas cheap, but it's it's still pretty reasonable for flights and travel. Oh yeah, so that's cool.
0: Yeah, I, I've I've been working on putting this together. Gosh, months, months. You know, trying to get this get this secured, and um, you know, I I want it to be a huge production and something that you know players will walk away and go my god did that just happen you know um not just people that are actually playing for the national championship but all across the board for players to be proud of being able to play in in a you know stadium like they're going to play in and have the fanfare and and you know get to play on espn i mean come on i i Just the thought of them being able to be proud is is huge for for me and for the WFA. And
1: and like you said, 10 years standing, 10th anniversary. um, A lot of teams have come and gone, but there's a a lot of staple teams in this league that are basically the top level teams in the world. You know, the Divas, the Renegades um, on the West Coast, as well as Dallas Elite. Uh, Your team now, Mm -hmm. kind of prominent, Minnesota, the slam prior to that. So there's a lot of organizations in this brand over the last 10 years that have impacted the sport in terms of just not the brand in terms of the teams, but you know, the, the players, some top notch players and uh, veteran players. So um, when it's going to be like, I don't know, it's like a, you know, an excitement and anticipation in less than 60 days here. it's just like, we want to just get going. Like toy says, it's just a matter of just kickoff and going and see who's going to end up at the end of the road. And, um, it's going to be really awesome to see that. And I don't know, but uh, we are, uh, you know, supporters of both leagues. And to your point, we, we, we want every one of them to succeed, whether it be at some level of success. And the exposure this year has just been huge. And you can't just, you know, just be proud that even the exposure has gotten us to another level of awareness. So I know I've done that for, what, 10 years now, but I really think the last 60 days, last uh, 120 days, you know, between January and now, it, it's really a buzz in terms of what we can do. And so, you know, come summer, if we elevate our our brands on both ends and the the individual athletes just you know ball out, uh, we could see some sort of you know noticeable gauge mark in terms of the press and getting the word out and people starting to really notice that this uh, you know the sport does exist, no different than lacrosse or rugby. And things like that that are out there as well.
0: Oh yeah, I mean if you if you look at um, you know it, videos and and so forth, which you know we've really been focusing on um, in the WFA, making sure that we're gonna you know do some heavy marketing and and uh, videos and and all that good stuff. I mean, gosh, just the the Shantae Bonds video—it's got over half a million views. That's that's amazing, you know, five hundred seventy thousand views just on her video um, it is, is crazy. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. a bigger scale too, because it's, you know, it's the bigger,
1: bigger reach, but in the reality, it's, mm-hmm. it's really no different. It's just gotta be quality, good quality and good editing and, you know, week to week matchups. As like I said the year before and the year before that is, you know what, if you're the WFA, you have to, you know, spotlight the marquee matchups in each tier and you're talking divas, you know boston you're talking divas pittsburgh you're talking mile high minnesota mile high kansas city you know things like that yep. there has to be some hype so that fans can actually you know say what is that you know what i mean it's just a question of what is that and then diving into it and realizing that that exists and oh my by the way i really want to pay attention to that so uh yeah sure it's gonna been, it's be been huge and um we're just, we're just excited. I'm, I'm totally stoked this year more than any other year because we don't have the off-season, you know, oh, by the way, this league is shifting and these teams are shifting. It just, it's really what we have now is a staple brand uh, for 10 years out, and then we have this excitement of this brand-new model for the same sport and which one is going to just take everybody to another level of awareness. And to your point, if it's both, that's just a benefit to the
0: sport anyways. Sure, sure. Um, yeah I mean it. It's, it's, the goal here is for for women to be able to play football and to do it on a big stage right yep for everybody to be able to enjoy the product and for little girls to be able to to know that they have a place to play as well and I think that's that's being accomplished I think people um people understand that there's another opportunity for them to watch football it's not just the NFL anymore so yeah. I, I think that we're, we're on the right track
1: I think North America in general on an international scale um you gotta you know give your hats out off to the Western Women's Canadian Football League up north you gotta give your hats off to the uh, Lexfa down south FX Mexico down south um at this point you know what I've had I've had conversations already with three people where they're more than willing, Uh, you know, how we have soccer friendlies uh, in the Mm -hmm. next, probably next 24 months. We could see, we don't have it, but over in Europe, you have what they call, you know, the European championships. We don't even have a North American championship. So if if that can ever happen, it's going to be a bigger stage. You know, when you can have the top teams in the WFA uh, meet up with the, you know, Canadian team and the Mexican teams, Uh, that right there would just take it to another level. You know what I mean?
0: Don't tempt me, Oscar.
1: I'm tempting you. That's why I'm saying it. I'm bringing it up. You already, you already paid people with Oreos and commission. It's not, but this gets to Another level to pizza and burgers, just take it to another level. You
0: you know, i like to make things happen. I mean, you know, that's, that's something that's possibility. Um, you I know, can I'm tell not, you right I'm now,
1: uh, since I've known you, since I've started talking to you, uh, you know, messaging and things like that, um, you know, I, I hope no other owner takes offense, but you're my girl. So I know you can make it happen. So it's just the way it is. And a lot of the uh, overseas players, you know, more than happy to welcome that considering, you know, uh, the, the uh, IFAB World Championships come in every four years, it would be nice to have like a North American championship, you know, every 24 months it sort of also gives you a nice uh, gauge as to what the competition looks like on both, both other countries as well. So it's, it's, it could happen. The Euro, European, uh, you know, branches do it. Why can't it be done here in, in North America basically?
0: And I see, so you're thinking like a PAC member now, this is, this, that's what I want. That's what I, that's yep. what I like. And that's, that's the goal is to get ideas like that, that we can take and and kind of run with it. So Heck yeah! You want to discuss it? You know, I'm down. I'm down to talk about it. Yeah,
1: perfect. Uh, when uh, it was great talking to you. High is on the blazing trail of returning to D2 Championship, and also this is the road to Denver. And I guess you want to be at Denver since you're living Denver. So that's the goal, I oh, guess, indeed. to get to Denver to be home and to raise the raise the trophy. So we're. Uh, Rooting for you guys. It's gonna to be tough, like I said, scheduling. Uh Vixen, pretty tough. You got the slam coming back, Titans. So the D twos I think the D two is probably gonna be the uh tier to watch for the whole season because it's gonna be very competitive.
0: Oh, I'm excited about it. Do trust. Do trust. I I am I'm definitely stoked. I, I I love the competition. I know my players um definitely like a challenge, so I you know, I can't complain i i'm looking forward to it you know we have unfinished business to take care of and and that's that
2: all
1: right on that note um thanks for coming in i really appreciate it and uh, we're going to be talking to a couple more clubs as we get into march and get hyped up for april but uh thanks for coming in i really appreciate it and uh we're looking forward to the 2019 wfa season
0: absolutely and thank you so much i appreciate you uh bringing me on and giving me the time to you know talk about the wfa and talk about the blaze appreciate it
1: all right have a great time out there um i know you got the two little ones that are keeping you up and up and running so i i know you're not uh you're as busy as you are uh they're very cute so they're well thank
0: they're, you i appreciate that
1: yeah how, how you stay how you stay motivated is not the problem <laughs> they got motivation big time so very exciting oh, man do i ever Yes, yeah, so um, I, I can see well, that. Thank
0: you so much.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. My
0: my daughter wants to play football. My 4-year-old daughter, that's all she wants is to play football. So,
1: if she as my uh my uh, best friend would say if she can bake, she can play football. <laughs> Just the way it
3: goes. Oh,
0: oh yeah.
1: Very
3: crappy. Oh, yeah. she
0: she told she told Brooke that she was going to take her her job. So,
1: wow. That oh, yeah. right there should scare le- leash pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she giggled, but, 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 uh, she, oh, yeah. you know, she immediately started throwing the ball with her. So I can't complain about that.
1: No, she, she's good. I, I've seen her and, um, uh, she's, you know, she's a sweetie, but, uh, she does, she's really good. So, uh, congratulations to you on that and, uh, them keeping you, like I said, on the go. <laughs> it looks like you're on the go all the time.
0: Man, am I ever, <laughs> it'll keep me young though.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no doubt there. Um, so we'll, we'll touch base in the middle of the season, see where you're at. Um, but it looks like, you know, unfinished business, is going to be Denver in June, July or July. So we'll see how you guys end up then.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time.
1: All right. Have a great night.
0: You too. Bye. Guys.
1: All right, Troy, there it is. Mile high. So, uh, God, uh, what would it, what would be the end goal to hoist a trophy at home? It's really where their their goal is
2: yeah i mean, and this set it's set up for them. it's set up for' them. i mean I, Man, yep. thirty rookies that's just gonna be a whole new look for blaze, and you know as we stated before i mean this is this is not new territory for them to make it to, to the playoffs and and when and you know uh, and actually win in advance of the playoffs, but as she stated. Getting past that hump, you know, getting uh, into that championship game, and and uh, you know having a chance to you know play for, for the for the national championship is the goal, and um, they're not gonna be happy until they do that. And I just think they're really in a good position to do so. I mean, you know, as, as we already stated, Brooke Leaf's coming there. Uh, she's a quarterback. Uh, they got a lot of parts in place um on that team. I mean and, and they're already adding to an already talented roster as it is. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do this year. I'm very excited to see how they um, you know, uh how they navigate through this season because I know that they are really chomping at the bit and changing the things that they changed. You know, uh changing the conditioning. And it's, and and you know what? That's that's a great thing that she stated about you know, them having uh, what she felt like was stamina issues when they got up to that humidity. And you they don't want to have that anymore. They don't want to go out in the field and, and have a team that looks tired, looks worn down, and, you know, it is a long season. But, you know, Come you just, want just to need have to avoid this. not going to Minnesota. That's it. Just, yeah. Your goal is not right. to go to Minnesota. But you <laughs> know what? that That's true. But, you know, the thing is, is that you, you want to beat anybody anywhere. So, if you're sure, conditioned sure. enough to do that, you you can play out in Vegas somewhere. You can play in uh, New England and, and uh, you know, in open Massachusetts up in January. Wherever you can play, you can get it done. And that's it. it really comes down to conditioning and, and the fact that they changed, you know, how they do things in their regimen. I just think that speaks for itself. And I want to see what happens. I want to see if that really puts them over, over the top. They got a lot good going for them right now. And, um, you know, again, just looking forward to seeing how they play this year. All right, we got excitement
1: in the women's game. We are going to bring in the uh, Mr. Know-It of everything AAF, and that's uh, Junior Pardo. He's coming in from AAF Extended. Uh, Junior, what's going on?
3: Hey, what's going on, Oscar? How are you doing?
1: We're doing great. We're just talking women's football and the explosion that it is internationally and domestically, and so sort of the same buzz that we get for the AAF. So, um... Yeah. Uh, junior, my San Diego fleet, they finally get a win on the they finally get a yeah, win they, on the fleet.
3: Yeah, well they got a second win.
1: Oh, yeah, but yeah, I'm one, just saying they got a win.
3: Two and one right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it was a and it was a good win too at that. A very good win. J Jaquan Garner yeah, with the eighty three explosion. Oh yeah, eighty three yard explosion that he had over the middle. That was that was a great run, back to back games with 100 yards. I mean, it's very exciting to watch all the teams other than Birmingham and the Apollos, you know, step up
1: to the to the challenge. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of interesting week in that sense. Um, at the same time, we had uh, you know uh, the Commanders go down, which we anticipated last week they would probably be a better squad, but then it didn't work out that way, so Commando's really, uh, you know, that was probably one of the surprise out of the week, the uh, the takeaways, but the Apollos continued to roll. Yes, uh,
3: when I was watching the San Diego Fleet and Commanders game, uh, I wanted to pay close attention to how the Fleet were going to respond, because in week one, when they played, it was a a close game. It was a one-score game only, and I really wanted to pay attention to how the fleet would respond now that they've had more time together. Uh, now that they have been practicing more, Mike Mars, how we you know we spoke about him last week. Mike Mars running the offense, uh, greatest show on turf, back in the day with the with the Rams, uh, and it showed. It showed this week that ex, that uh, offensive explosion showed this week. The Apollos, uh, they had to find a way. Uh, I'm not going to lie on that one. I'm not going to say they dominated like they should have. They had to find a way to win. And, of course, Steven Spurrier, being who he is, he found a way. He found a way to win. And it wasn't necessarily
1: passing the football this week. Um, Junior, are we totally disappointed in what the legends can do here or not do? It just looks like they're just going on a spiral. Uh, I mean, it's not working out.
3: I am. I'm very, very disappointed. And like we spoke last week, with all the coaching uh, changes, especially Michael Vick, the 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 the, the former head coach, the, the, he was going to be the offensive coordinator. Then the, the 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 person who was going to be their head coach also left. So they had to scramble for coaching positions. Um, yeah, I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed on everything that's taking place in Atlanta, because that was one of the markets that everyone
1: was excited about. Yeah, and, and Richardson just got off. It's just like they had no answer for him, and it just became no. just the Trey Richardson show.
3: Yes, and uh, speaking of Trey Richardson, um, he's only averaging two and a half yards per carry. Uh, we're seeing that, yes, he's scoring. He, he has all the, the touchdowns for the Birmingham Island, but he, he needs to show more productivity other than inside the 10-yard, inside the, the, the red zone, you know, the, within the 10 yards. Uh, he, that's where he's showing productivity. He's just touchdowns down in the red zone. He only has um, he had 46 yards in the game, two and a half yards per carry in the season. Uh, we, I want to see more from Trent Richardson. I want to see his vision. I want to see if his vision is going to improve like it was back in Alabama, or are we going to continue seeing the same problems that uh, eventually got him out of the NFL and into the AAF? We, I, I, That's what I'm re- really looking for with uh, with Trent Richardson. I want to see his vision improve, hit the holes when they open. I feel like he's a uh, tad this lower now seeing the holes and hitting the holes. Uh, I don't know. I, I, that's my opinion on Trent Richardson. I want I want to see his yards per carry and his jars per game improve.
1: So uh, the fleet um, upswing here you, is that your uh, your feeling right now uh, based on the two and one now. The, it looked like they played offensively a lot better. They protected a lot better in terms of the quarterback. Um, so that's yes. a good sign, I guess, for a marks team.
3: Yes, plus Nelson. Play a great game, two touchdowns. Um, Philip Nelson also play a fantastic game. Um, the the Mike marsh running uh, the offense. Mike Morris offense is, is running more s- s- smoothly versus the hard shots which is the other team in the West that is the top of the of the standings. Uh, I think the Fleet has the better chance because we haven't seen John Wolfer play up to. A, the standard that we saw him play in Week One versus the Stallions, and that worries me for Arizona. They're two and one, yes, they're still top of the standings, along with the Fleet. But if Johnny Wolfe can not get his production up like he did uh, Week One, include uh, keep including Rashad Ross in the in the game. I, I don't I don't know that that the Chargers have a have a shot in the West anymore because I think the Fleet are playing better defensively. And now their offense is starting to really pick up after three weeks, and which is we 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 expected this, you know, going on forward in the season because because the chemistry is there now between the players, now the the connection is there. Now Philip Nelson finally found a, a, a target, back to back week uh, week for uh, uh, Bruce Nelson now that he's being productive for the for the San Diego Fleet. So yes, I like the Fleet out of the west.
1: Now, they're going up against Commanders uh, to rematch, and that was, uh, I think, a 55-23 victory by San Antonio. So, a different offense here coming into play against San Antonio. San Antonio sort of uh, kind of slid a little bit there. So, it's going to be a good matchup in in terms of that. But uh, combined, I think, the score was 55-23 between the matchups. So, um, one of those wins, obviously, is against Atlanta, which is probably, you know, not a – Something you want to have your hand uh, hand on? But yeah.
3: nothing. Other than gone.
1: that, this would be a big. This is going to be the big test for San Diego as well as San Antonio coming in this week. Mhm. Yes, and and it's just this is uh it's now now is when the now is when
3: the when the season is really getting started because, like like we spoke last week, San Diego is going on the oh, I'm sorry, San Antonio is going on the road for the next three weeks. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the commanders perform. Now I want to keep my eyes on them, see how Coach Riley, Mike Riley, uh, uh, operates in uh, away territory. I want to see if they can eliminate the crowd, the, the opponent, the, the opposition's crowd, out of the game, to eliminate them out of the game completely. I want to see if the San Antonio crowd travels well. Because so far, they they attendance-wise, they have the best attendance in the AAF. So if they can travel well, then San Antonio has a, has a real shot at winning at least two of the next three
1: games on the road. Now, Junior, we talked about Memphis, uh, the D being solid. This week, the play from the Express, way above what the Legends play was. Um, you know, Legends have a tendency to get early leads and then give it up. But the Memphis yes. is really riding on their uh, defense. And then, obviously, their play of their quarterback this past week was pretty exceptional. So, even though their record doesn't you know, show it yet, it looks like, to your point last week, it's just a matter of them getting going offensively. And maybe we could see a Singletary you know, team that's obviously going to get a win.
3: Yes, and, and we spoke about it last week where we thought that the problem would be it was the quarterback play for Memphis. They finally made a quarterback change at halftime versus the Apollos, the best team in the league right now. And Zach Mettenberg came in and he passed for two touchdowns, one on third and nineteen. So, to to our point last week, that was that was what they needed. They needed to increase their their offensive level level of play to compete to have a shot, and of course include Zach Stacy. Zach Stacy was a much of a factor because the Apollos have the most, uh, the, the closest NFL talent in the AAF. It seems like everybody in the Apollos at one point or another was in the NFL, and they are the, the, the closest NFL wise, talent wise, rather, that this, this league has. So Zach you couldn't really get it going, but Zach Mettenberger, he was able to find deep shot. Get the, the two scores which he managed in one half he managed to do in one half what Christian Hackenberg couldn't do in, in two and a half games, which was score passing touchdowns. So yes, is is now I really wanna see how the, the Express is going to stop performing now that they made a quarterback change finally, because their defense is very solid. They have a very good defense. Now they just need offensive
1: help. Yeah, and it didn't help that um, the uh, Express, you know, uh, was not being as good as as they should have been. But uh, other than that, they tightened up their defense. Everything looked good. Uh, Open receivers as well, missing open receivers early by Gilbert. So if he he hits those targets, we could have seen a different outcome. So, uh, but, you know, obviously dual threat at quarterback is pretty good uh, dual threat. So we'll see if, you know, going forward. So more promising, in other words, we're we're more upbeat about Memphis now than we were a week ago, and we're like completely disappointed yes, with Atlanta in terms of you know the the dumpster fire that it is at this point if you want to call it that because it's really what it's looking like. Um, so it's, it's yeah, something right now, where they got like, to like
3: rebuild. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to win any games this
1: year yeah because you said that last week and the week before, and it's your point has been proven yeah, I, already so I don't yeah. think they're going to win because they were
3: in they were at the in the goal line score right uh, right they robinson uh uh Matt Sims couldn't hit an open an open target he held the ball too long and and those are things you have to capitalize when you, especially when you are in goal and one. One and goal right there in the, in the one yard line. You have to capitalize in those in those moments, or else you will never win a football game. It doesn't matter if you play pee wee, middle school, high school, college, NFL, yeah, yeah. AAF. It doesn't matter where you play. If you don't capitalize in the moments that you have, you will never win a football game. And that is what exactly what's happening to Atlanta. Drop re- uh, drop footballs by the receivers. Mad Sims not being able to capitalize in the end zone and. Uh, running backs not being able to capitalize in the end zone either. I don't. I honestly don't know what's going on with the legends.
1: Yeah, and it's. I mean, the cha- the coaching change, of the res- resignation, and then you got no Michael Vick. Uh, it just looks like internally the the organization is just sort of a mess. And then on the on-field play, they get up early and they can't seem to contain a lead or stretch a lead, and that's not going to get it done in any league. So no. that's where they're at and right think, now. The reality is that.
3: Yes, I think management is reflecting on the field at this moment for the legend. I think poor coaching, poor management is reflecting on these players. I feel like the players feel that if the coaches aren't that into it, if management is not that into it, why should they be? And that's, yeah. that's how it's looking like
1: to me. Yeah, because it's if it's timid play, as one coach told me before, then you're going to lose every time, because you got no mm-hmm. you know no muscle and no no attitude. Yeah, got no muscle, no attitude. You're not going to win much games. So that's really what yeah. it boils down. Um, yes. What do you say of Salt Lake? To, you know they they were 0 and two, and then all of a sudden you know they go up against the hot shots from Miller Club that they have. Uh, Woodrum is healthy again, so he comes away with a yes. you know a very tight game. On both sides, they know that they know these two teams know each other very well since the beginning of the season, so it was no surprise yes. to me that this would be a very close game, one, one way or the other. And I think last week is when, last week was when you called it and you said this was going to be sort of a toss up game as to who's going to get, who's going to beat who, and it, that's the way it turned out.
3: Yes, uh, I especially felt that Salt Lake had a chance because um, week one when they played the Hatchets, they played them very well. It wasn't until the second half when the took away, uh, got away with the game. But in the, first, in the first half of the week one game, they were a tit-for-tat right there the whole entire game. Mm-hmm. Now, week three comes, rolls around, and uh, Woodrum is back healthy, and they get a, a, they get a much-needed win. You know, because you, don't, you, you never want to go 0-3, go down 0-3, and expect to win the, your next seven games to potentially have a shot at the at the championship game at the end of the season, but right now, you know, they they gotta win. That's the first step. The first step is always get that first win, which they already have. Now it's a matter of building on that first win, and I just want to see how the team improves going forward through, through the season. Because the the, the Stallions have the have talent. They have talent. They they proved it. The the Hushas they got a good running game. They yes, had a good running game. Different.
1: Offensive line played really good uh, this past week. Uh, they held up, you know, pretty well, and they got a really stout defense, defensive front, real good pressure. So, to your point, if Wordham is healthy again, the Stallions' uh, biggest test obviously is going to be uh, at home against your Orlando Apollos. So, yes. if they can somehow, if they can stay in the game and somehow make it competitive, that would be sort of a win for them, even if they don't win. Yes, because
3: Orlando, honestly. I feel like if Zach Mettenberger would have started for the Express, with all the misses that Gilbert had and the draft passes by receivers, I think that Memphis could have beat him. Now, the Suns have a much better a squad than Memphis. So I think if the Apollos don't, don't strain up by that game, the Suns could, in fact, beat them.
1: Right, I agree with you. I think that that's uh, that's the case, and then they showed it this past week. Uh, given Arizona's, you know, they were playing really good ball coming up into this weekend, and somehow they, like I said, they edge them out. They knew that they were going to have to do that. So, big test for South Lake in terms of to even themselves at 500, if at that, to try to compete yeah. with the Apollos. But it's going to be a big test.
3: Yeah, it's it's going it's going to be a big test because. Uh, Steve Sperrier, he's coaching out of his mind right now. Gilbert, uh, as we can see, he's not only reliable with his arm, but also with his legs. The Apollos, in my opinion, not because I'm a fan, but because I've been watching the games, in my opinion, they have the best three, uh, best trio, running back trio in the league right now, whether it's Akeem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, the David Smith. I, I, I think, you know, uh, David Smith, I mean, sorry. Uh, all three, they they are very good running backs. The receivers, I mean, Charles Johnson, Jalen Marshall, they are uh, – Garrett Gilbert, quarterback, they are a very uh, a very good group. But it, it's, it's going to be tough for the Stallions to beat this, this team. But if they can get on top, the Stallions, and the, the way the defense played uh, this week, I mean, they had a pick six. uh like Wolf just I don't know what what he saw. Middle linebacker just swooped in, took it to the house for six, and, and that's how I knew that game was over. So we know the Suns have the the talent to beat the to beat the Apollos. Now it's a matter of can Steve, is, is Steve Spurrier gonna let let you beat him?
1: You know, and, and I don't know that 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 would be the case. Is the Irons' big test will be against the uh, uh, tougher team? Because it seems like they've played dominating football really early and they just kind of run away with things. So uh, it's I we're looking forward Irons to the matchup.
3: I think the Irons' test would really come against the Apollos as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's coming in week six, I want to say. Week six or week five, I don't I don't, I, 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 there's two matchups week five and week six that I want to watch. It's high shot and, and, and the iron back to back for the Apollos. So I'm very curious of those two matchups, but I think Birmingham is, they're going to have to do something else other than scoring with Richardson. For example, Luis Perez, he still doesn't have a, a passing touchdown. And that concern, concerns me for, for the Birmingham iron because he's a talented quarterback. Yet, I haven't seen a single passing touchdown from him. He is a good game manager. Yeah, I think I'll keep the football away from you. Uh, once we're in the, in, inside the 10, Trent Richardson will always drive it in. But I, 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 if, if the building of the money will want to beat the Apollos, Luis Perez and his receivers are going to need to start connecting for touchdowns, not simply yards. They need touchdowns. It is similar to what was happening to the Falcons Uh, last season with uh, Julio Jones. He was getting yards, but he wasn't scoring. So the the Falcons weren't winning. I don't know if you remember that from last season. Matty
1: Ice and
3: Julio Jones connecting, but not scoring. It took about eight or nine games before Julio Jones finally caught his first touchdown. And it was surprising to see. And that's exactly what's happened with Birmingham Iron. You cannot solely rely on your running game because at some point, your running game won't be there. They will take away Trent Richardson. Steves Perry will take him away, and Luis Perez has to be the one to touch the touchdowns. And right now, they're not—they're not showing me that. Defensively, the Iron are stout. They're—they're the they're, they're complete start of a team defensively. Offensively, this is where my questions come in because the quarterback played, Luis Perez needs to needs to score a touchdown. Quentin Patton—I don't know who's gonna hit, who who he has to hit, but somebody has to score a touchdown. A passing touchdown to beat the the Apollos, and I I believe that's the biggest test for the Irons.
1: Now, uh, just Josh Woodrow would be instrumental this week. Uh, I think 22 of 31, 178 yards, one TD, two point conversion. Yes,
3: sir, John, two point conversion. Um, so former, yes.
1: yeah, former Liberty University staller. Um, so at this point, uh, it's really what South Lake needed going forward here. Kind of putting an effective offensive scheme together. So um, managing the clock does pretty well. Hasn't turned, over, turned the ball over, you know, at all. So at this point, Southlake yes. uh, has got to feel good with going with Josh. Oh, yeah. The
3: moving forward, they, they have to feel very comfortable with Josh Woodland. He, he's proven that he can win, that he's a winner. Uh, again, I'm not going to fault him for week one. Week one, John Wolfer, he, he just had an extraordinary performance. And the solid, Lake defense couldn't keep him off the field. But other than that, Woodrum, he, he played a great week one. He played great this week, week three. Uh, I think moving forward, the, the silence have a real shot. I, uh, win, I'm not going to say winning the West, but improve over 500 or go over 500 for the year.
1: Now, I, I'm kind of seeing the Nelson Spurs connection to the, you know, the uh, Warner-Bruce connection. Uh, I think uh, uh, Nelson Bruce had uh, uh, two touchdowns uh, this past weekend, 50 yards, four yes, receptions. Two touchdowns. So it's complimentary to the uh, San Diego offense that we didn't see in the first two games. So uh, to your point, the adjustments by Mike Marks is starting to kind of pay dividends here. So if Nelson can keep this uh, solid play up uh, offensively, the fleet will finally look to start uh, you know managing correctly here and, um, their defense is pretty good in, in terms of containment. So if their offense gets going here, um, I think Nelson had almost 200 yards, two touchdowns, an interception for so 17 of 25. Yes. So if Mike Marks can get this, you know, greatest show on turf in the AAF, then we're really going to see a really good matchup going forward against maybe the Apollos.
3: Yes, and I, I, I right now onto the Hachas prove me differently, especially offensively. Uh, my favorite to win the West will be the San Diego Fleet. I would say the San Antonio Commanders, but their level of play. I think that loss versus the, um, my God, versus the Apollos, affecting them in some sort of way. Because they had no answer, thirty-one to eleven, it was was the score of that game. They 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 had no answer for the Fleet, nothing. So moving forward, I think the Fleet in the West are my favorite right now, as of right now, to win the West after seeing them play for the last couple of weeks, two wins, back-to-back wins. You know, I think right now they are my favorite to win the West, especially if Mike Martz can get the the offense really going, high-tempo offense. I think they have the better shot right now. They are, to me, one of the better teams in the West, if not the best team in the West.
1: Junior, you talked about the week one jitters where it's like they had a scrimmage, didn't really play the games. So we're really, you know, last week you said, hey, we're we're, we're working at the week five, which is a real true uh, test of what every team's going to be able to do going forward. And I think to your point last week, this is it. This is the week. We're going into week four and week five. Here is where the comfort zone now relies with offenses and defenses and what they're capable of doing. So going forward, I think, uh, some, certain teams, maybe not Atlanta at this point, but everybody else is going to start to elevate their competitive not nature.
3: Yes, and I, I'm expecting the one team I do expect not elevate completely, but show what they what they can really do is express now that they made the quarterback change. Uh, Birmingham, I'm not worried about Birmingham. My only worry is quarterback play. Luis Perez needs to start throwing touchdowns, his receivers need to start actually catching the football in the end zone or else it makes the team one dimensional to the to the running game and that would could be detrimental to the to the Iron moving forward. We just spoke about the San Diego fleet. We know they'll be they'll be good. They are well good right now. The hot shots, Johnny Wolford, he needs to he needs to start playing well again like he did week like he did week one his last couple of weeks. Hasn't been the the best that I've seen of him. Uh, last week on week two, they they squeaked out a win versus a, a very bad Legends team. Then I I don't I don't know. I think the Legends should have won against the the hot shots last week. That's why I really want to keep my eyes on on the hot shots moving forward because they they need to do more than just thinking and dunk plays. Because right now. I am not seeing the Harts winning the West. I honestly not seeing them. Of course, the Legends got to me is a lost cause. They just you can just put this, this season in the trash can. get ready for next year because the Legends are are a lost cause like I said in the in the And then East you got
1: Warriors, uh, Jack Tocho, yeah. Jack Tocho pretty much a good playmaker and obviously it's Atlanta, so I mean I don't know how good you're going to, you know, judge that, but the guy played pretty good, incredible. Uh, diving interception off a tip ball, uh, pretty much just, been, you know, pretty much gave what the irons have been playing the last couple of weeks. So it's really good in terms of, you know, a free safety and one interception, yes. one pass defense, two tackles. So, you know, iron wise, I don't think we need to really kind of dissect, like you said, offensively, we probably have an issue there. In um, Sal Lake, the other standouts this week um, was uh, Greer Martini, linebacker there, one interception, two pass deflections, seven tackles, Mm -hmm. uh, riding contention with uh, Tocho for the defensive player of the week this week, Uh, former Notre Dame player. Um, So it's like at this point, the Stallions really, the big test is going to be, like you said, uh, against Orlando, and if they can stay toe-to-toe, and it's going to kind of define what they're going to be able to do in the next couple weeks after that.
3: Yeah, and I and I think and I think the silence the can they can keep up with the with the Apollos. Um, like I said, running game and a good passing game from Nelson. I I mean sorry from from Woodrum. I think they they have a they have a solid chance of winning of beating the Apollos. Now, if the Apollos and and Gary Gilbert pick up their level of play like they did the past two weeks, then I don't see the Suns winning but they do have the personnel to keep up with the Apollos and Steve further.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, uh, Gilbert and his two receivers, obviously Johnson and Marshall, that's pretty impressive as well. So, um, they, you know, they're number one. I mean, if we're, we're going to have to rank them, uh, obviously undefeated. They're, they're obviously the yeah. clear number one. Uh, we, we, to your point, um, Birmingham upcoming against San Antonio – the, the real test here will be San Antonio's durability on the road because we know what Birmingham's going to do uh, early on. And and at this point, they've, they've only been allowing, I think, uh, my notes here, 21 points and have nine turnovers forced. So it's really going to be an issue and between th- San Antonio keeping the ball and not letting the uh, Birmingham get up uh, on the lead.
3: Yeah, and I think to your point, I'm pretty positive that right now if I uh, – I was checking my notes earlier. Birmingham is uh, is leading the league in, in turnovers. Yep. it's great. They're defensively, they're great. They get to the quarterback and they get to the quarterback fast. They they make your quarterback hurry up. And I don't now. Can I can I possibly? I mean, positive uh, positively say that San Antonio has the offensive line necessary to keep the legend's defensive line from getting to Logan Woodside, Woodside, I don't know that I can say that. I don't know that that, that I can say that. The, the the iron defensive line is too fast. They to get to your quarterback way too fast. They make you make they make you make bad passes, and you end up turning the ball over. That's why they're leading the league. That's why they are the, one of their best defenses, if not the best defense in the whole league. So for San Antonio and Logan Woodside and Mike Riley, I really want – I really want to see what they can do. I want to see Kenneth Farrow included more. He wasn't he wasn't a big factor versus the San Diego Fleet either, uh, Week Three, and I think that was also another problem for the uh, Commanders. They didn't include uh, Kenneth Farrow. I went when I turned on the game. I went in with full expectations of seeing Logan Woodside connect the passes like he always does, and Kenneth Farrell just completely take over the game were running with his running style, and it wasn't the case at all. San Diego had a plan, and they 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 completely eliminated if, uh, Kenneth Farrell out of the Antonio game plan. So I, I want to see if San Antonio can actually keep up with the Iron. And in my opinion, I don't think they can.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think uh, they they got to prove they they didn't prove it this past week. Um, so at this point, it's a matter of containment by them. Because if the iron gets going, they're so far they've, you know, racked up about twenty points early on before the half, and that's yes. going to be not good for San Antonio because they're not a they're not a comeback team, and they've proven it in the last couple of games. Um, can it can it be the trap game for San Diego against Memphis since they're playing uh, this past week? They played a lot better. Could this be a trap game for the Fleet? I don't want to say it's going to be a trap game for the Fleet simply because
3: the 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 quarterback change where yeah the quarterback change was great and we could see what Zach Mettenberg could do I don't want to say it's a, it's a trap game simply because they're not pulling anything else other than defensive wise the only reason they were able to be uh, be close with the uh, with the Apollos is like you said Garrett Gilbert had a an off game passing the football if Garrett yeah. Gilbert would have been on point like he was versus the the commanders and how he was versus the legends uh it would have been a different game i don't think it's a trap game for the fleet at all. I think uh, as long as uh philip nelson keeps the you know keeps the football away from that very good Memphis defense right now, and Memphis defense also do like getting to the quarterback if if the San Diego Fleet offensive line can protect Nelson. I think uh, San Diego Fleet has the better shot of winning. Uh, yes, I, I, is, the, is, the, is the Express going to score games? They will score uh, score points. I'm sorry. Uh, they will score points. Is it a trap game? I don't, I don't see it as a trap game. No, I don't.
1: So can we call the upset being the legends over the hot shots, given uh, what happened with uh, Trevor Knight and the change there? So do you think maybe Atlanta has a shot?
3: Oh, man, that's that's difficult for me to call it because again, you know, it, it is the legend. If I, I Or I we could see the opposite, that game.
1: Junior. Or we could see the opposite, right? We could see Arizona light it up, as has happened to Atlanta yeah, the last you know, every game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I would like to see an upset. You know, I would like to see the underdog, obviously being the legend, uh, win a game. Because he makes it more interesting for the league and their fans, but I I just simply can call it a, a can call it an upset on that game because even though John Wolfer hasn't been playing uh, to what our expectations was after week one, the Legends are still they're bad offensively and they're bad defensively. Their coaching um, coaching is also out of work right now. The players are. It, it, it's like they're taking that bad energy and, and taking it out into the field, and it's reflective of the uh, the way they're playing. So I, I don't want to call an upset. I, I think, yeah, I think it may be you know close game like it was week two, but I, I, I simply can't call an upset.
1: I, I can't. All right. Do you think uh, Salt Lake's uh, defensive pressure will be enough to rattle Gilbert and keep it close like Memphis did?
3: Yes, it, it, it will be an offer. Gilbert, Gilbert, is a, is a, he's he could be a dual threat, but I haven't seen enough of him uh, running the football in the, in the Alliance of American football for me to say that he will be able to scramble out of the packet like we've seen Michael Vick did back in his days in Atlanta, like we see uh, Aaron Rodgers do for the Packers. I don't think, I haven't seen enough to say that, yes, he'll be able to evade the pressure and, you know, make something happen. So, yes, I, I do think that the pressure, the defensive pressure for the Stallions could, could get to, John, uh, to Garrett Gilbert.
1: All right. So, if Memphis runs Stacy, we should get a Memphis win, hopefully, if they go with that program, combined with their uh, uptake with uh, their defense. But I, I really think San Diego has got that mustard. So, I think we covered pretty much all yeah. of them in terms of their intricacies and what's going to happen, but it's a no-brainer here. I think the upset would be Atlanta over Arizona, if we had to call it. It would be something of a, you know, wow, and it would be excitement for, I guess, like you said, the legends to get the monkey off their back in terms of their play and how they haven't played stellar play. Uh, The other one is the big test, obviously. uh, San Antonio going into uh, Birmingham and see how they're able to avoid road losses because they got all these, you know, road games to go. So it's going to be key there. Yeah. We also talked about South Lake really maybe pulling the upset and, def- and giving Orlando their first defeat after, you know, their big win against Arizona. So that's something to watch for there. And of course, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to, to... Be that one. Yeah, exactly. That's the one I'm, I think that I'm on the same page with you. Yeah. I think that's the most interesting yeah, one there anyway.
3: Yeah. That's the most one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, so so it's going to be pretty be exciting. Um, the surprises in week three were really just, you know, it wasn't really a, like a shocking thing because it really just was a situation where uh, a lot of the teams that we, you know, we thought uh, was going to, you know, do what they had to do besides um, Atlanta, of course, but good parity so far in the AF with two yeah. teams at three, you yeah. know, two and one, one and two and zero oh and three. So it's, yeah. it's not, you know, nothing to really like, you know, get all okay with, you know, doom and gloom at this point, there's still, you know, the season's still a little longer. So it's a matter of, you know, like we said, the question marks, it's in Atlanta. Can they muster uh, you know, a couple wins and get up Arizona with the change? Uh, how are they going to look? South Lake looks improved so far. As we recap here, Orlando, obviously the top dog Birmingham with their defense is really stout. And, you know, we knew Mike Marks was going to get it together at some point, as you mentioned, Prior to the week one, like you said, it's just a scrimmage game. It's going to take a couple of weeks for these teams to get it going, and all of a sudden here, San Diego starts to get it going. So we shouldn't yeah, expect and, less from that.
3: Yeah, and my, my my biggest thing is I want to see a win for the Legends, mostly because as I sit on Twitter and I scroll and, and I just click on the uh, you know Legends uh, hashtag or the AAF hashtag, I see Atlanta Legends fans be very, very – dissolution right now with their teams. And I say teams in general because the Falcons, the, the Georgia Bulldogs, the now we have the the legends and they're very disillusioned the with, with the sports scenery in Atlanta and in Georgia in general. And and they you know they, they need they need that win.
1: They need that win because Junior, can, it, can we add the happen? Atlanta Hawks can we add the Exteller Atlanta Hawks to that? What's that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's
3: bad. It's it well for the Atlanta Hawks, it's been it's been bad for a while too.
1: Sure, of but, course. I mean, I, the, I'm just saying. You're it, it, you're saying as it's the same same old mojo that there's no real excitement yeah. going on in the pro sports scene. Yeah,
3: there's nothing. Uh, do they and, still have a hockey team there? That. I don't. I don't recall
1: actually. I don't
3: I'm recall. just kidding.
1: I I, I I nobody cares. That's what I'm trying to say right now. <laughs> yeah, in the Atlanta scene, yeah. it's like the legends lost. Yeah. Okay, that's another loss. So, but you know, Birmingham's a hotbed. Yeah. I really like the excitement of the fans there. Uh, San Diego, mm-hmm. I think, really is diving into the fleet because of what happens with the Chargers going north. What
3: happened with the Chargers? I really think yes. they're gonna.
1: And if if Marks can get an offensive lit mode like he did in St. Louis, the, you're gonna see a lot of San Diego fans just give the bird north. <laughs> and who needs the NFL? Really, it's gonna be the worst. Yeah, right, <laughs>
3: San Diego. I mean, which is it, it was a very smart move by the by Charlie Ebersole and Bill Polian to bring a team sure. to San Diego, because he, you know the, you get the support from former Charger fans that are that that are disillusioned with what with the move, just like happened in St. Louis with the Rams moving back to moving back to L. A. All these fans, and now I'm even strong on Twitter and, and and fans in St. Louis won the AAF or the XFL. Whichever comes, you know, whichever brings a team there first, they're looking forward to that because of what the Rams did moving back to, moving back to Los Angeles. So that there's the excitement in San Diego for that reason, and and fans are just starting to get back into it now. If the Atlanta Legends could get a win, a couple of wins, then maybe you know the the Atlanta fans could get more into the sports scenery because right now it's not going to be good, not for the team. Not for the fans and not for the alliance, because at some point, if that that team doesn't start winning, I'm afraid they may fold. You know, they they move they move markets.
1: Uh, Junior, are you are calling to, it right now? You're Calling it in week three, the the downfall of the the legends. I I can see it. Hey, because I think if you hey, move to Charlotte,
3: to the Wings.
1: if you if you move okay, to Charlotte, it's, then it's way easier yeah. because the you know uh, Dunning already put in his money. It, I wouldn't surprise me yeah. to have the, you know, Atlanta fold and, and Charlotte, re, you know, start. Yeah. That would be the wise move.
3: Yeah, I mean, we saw it. We saw it happen with the San Antonio Wings back in the um, in the 70s with the World yep. Football League when the team was in Miami and, and they had to fold after one year and then they moved the team to San Antonio. And eventually they also folded. Uh, Mike Riley also has experience with that because he was uh, – the coach for the writers, I want to say, in the early 1990s, San Antonio yep. writers, yep. and now he's back into the picture in San Antonio. So we've seen yep. those teams, you know, fold after one year and then move markets, and, and that could possibly be what happens with the legends. You know, they might have to and you, call you're, after this year
1: and move it. The last two weeks you've called it, so Atlanta could move and fold or shift, and you even said San Antonio is so unstable in terms of history that that team could also yes. probably fold and, and, and shift. So, well, right I mean, at this point, it's best, just a matter, it's just energy. a matter of, right, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm just saying year two of AF, we could see some shifting or retracting. Yeah. We could see something oh, of yeah, that definitely. nature.
3: Yeah. 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 Well, we, we could see it in, in a couple of markets being out at the legends in San Antonio given, especially San Antonio, given their history in football. It's like, it's, they put defense there because it's Texas, because Texas is football country, country. But we also see that the teams don't have success in San Antonio, so they end up moving the market. I mean, the they, the Riders ended up all the way in the CFL at some point, and they changed names and everything. So, yeah, I mean, we could see that happening again.
1: All right. So, uh, at this point, pretty exciting weekend coming up here. Uh, get the lowdown on everything that's happening, AAF. And so uh, hashtag join the Alliance and you can follow uh, Junior Pardo's uh, account at AAF extended, AAF extended. So go follow him now on Twitter. Um, you also have a podcast, right, uh, Junior?
3: I, I'm not, no, I, I'm not anymore. I have a, I have a YouTube channel where I post all of my, all of the full games for those people who miss the games over the weekend. So we're working or out of town or whatever. I have a, YouTube channel AAF Extended as well, and they everyone can watch the games right there. Those, especially those who doesn't have, who don't have a Bleacher Report Live, yeah, they yeah. can come to the YouTube channel and and watch the games right there. Which was the, uh, oh my God, I I, wish, who played in, BR Life? I'm pretty sure it was uh, the Fleet and not the Fleet. Sorry, uh, Salt Lake Silence and Arizona Hot Shot. You know, have people that come to me and and tell me, "Oh, I need those those games from BR Live." In your channel, I watch them on your channel because I don't, I don't have the channel, so I can do breakdowns for next year, uh, next
1: week, or whatever. You have the link. You have the link on um, on Twitter, right? So everybody can just click on the link to go to the YouTube. Yeah. So you can follow AAF Extended, um, follow Junior, keeping up with it uh, every week, and he's committed to coming on to our show. Uh, every week to kind of talk and dissect every week up and down and preview the the next week. So, uh, Junior, I really appreciate you making the time. I really do. And uh, it's kind of exciting to talk about this brand-new league and all the stars that are, are going to be uprising. And, of course, not every league is going to be, you know, not every team is going to be successful. But at this point, Atlanta looks like it, it just needs to retool itself and maybe make, make a, a couple wins out of the whole season before the, end, the season ends.
3: Yes, yes, yes. And, and Oscar, again, thank you for having me for another week, man. It's, just, it's been a pleasure being on on your show, just breaking down the AAF, giving everybody the, the rundown of the weeks and what we think would happen next week and every other news come out of AAF. And so thanks thanks for having me again.
1: Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. The pleasure is mine, and uh, looking forward to next week and talking about AAF. And we'll see if we get the upset, uh, of course, <laughs> in Atlanta against uh, Arizona. Yeah. And we'll see if yeah, we can get the one. upset in Salt Lake versus the, uh, the Apollos. So that'll be the two games that I'm going to be kind of like eyeing in on. So thanks for coming in. I'll, I'll chat next Tuesday as we get into week four of the AAF. All right, man.
3: Thanks for having me. And I'll be talking to you next Tuesday.
1: Heck, thank you. Have a great uh, week. All right. All right. So that was uh, Junior Pardo. It's uh, at AAF Extended on Twitter. And you can go to follow him on Twitter at af Extended. And he's got the link for the YouTube channel where you can watch all the uh, AF games, like he said, from CBS Sports, from NFL Network, and uh, BR Live as well, Lucha Report Live. Um, so check it out. He's going to be here every week. He's committed to helping us out with spotlighting the AAF and dissecting it, recapping it, and kind of spotlighting some of the players. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Uh, every week, it's going to come in, and Junior's done a, a great job with research as well, and so we're kind of talking it up. Pretty awesome to kind of figure that out, and uh, so we're looking forward to that, as well as we had a, a, a win, Flato uh, odonomy of the Mile High Blaze, which is, she's totally, totally excited uh, right now to try to get going for the new season. It's coming up in uh, 2019, and the Tier 2 in the WFA. So, uh, for you guys to stay up to date on everything that's happening in the women's game, of course, you need to go to facebook.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties, the hub for everything women's American football, internationally and domestically. Um, great story by NBC, NBCNews.com. Uh, it was Anto- uh, Antoinette Harris, who's been offered six college scholarships, and she chose uh, Central Methodist uh, College, and it was uh, covered by NBC, uh, NBC News as well. So that feature is up there on our Facebook page at the Great Iron Beauties on Facebook, and let's talk about some of the action that happened in the Extreme uh, Football League. The final in Week Three, all scores final. It was uh, 14 to six, the Divas fall, uh, and and 14, 46 to zero, the Spartans fall to the Generals, and 26 the Sirens versus the Warhawks, 26 to 14. So that's what it looked like there. Power ranking so far as we get into the, the week, week three in the books. Uh, no change in the power rankings after this week's matchups. Top teams showed what they were leading the pack. The South Texas Generals took care of business against the Texas Lady Spartans in their home opener. Uh, no surprise there, of course. The River City Sirens swarmed their way back down to South Texas to claim their second win of the season after a quick bye week in week two. Even though the Warhawks played the Sirens tough, they were unable to make enough plays to close off uh, the game with the victory. So now the Sirens seem to have enough to stay at the number two spot, although um, we are sure the Cobras and the Empire will be chasing them in the coming weeks. South Texas Cobras took care of business against the inconsistent Corpus Christi Divas. Low-scoring game, which clearly shows the Divas were in contention most of the game, but ultimately they came up short. The Cobras will take the dub regardless of the fashion, and enjoy that number three spot as they get ready to host Warhawks this coming week. The Divas sure uh, could use a lesson there to make sure you know they stay in contention. At this point, Kingsville Empire got the rest this week on a bye, so we'll keep tabs. The marquee game of the week for the XS, uh, XSFL, um, that's going to be the game of the week. The excitement uh, is going to be the Red Hot River City Sirens hosting the Corpus uh, Christi Divas. So big win uh, in demand for the Divas. They need to get that big win. It's a first-ever home matchup for both teams. And if you're in San Antonio, San Marcos, and Austin, obviously you can catch the game there. And so it's going to be March 2nd, Saturday. We'll keep stops on the 2019 season in the XFFL Week 4. So we'll go to, to Spain, of all places. So let me get my notes here. And LNFA Feminina as well in action this past weekend. And it was basically the Barbera rookies continuing this, their streak of excellence in the LNFA Feminina. Pretty exciting times there as well. And so we're going to keep tabs on the Firebats as well. Valencia, who came in this year as one of the teams from the seven on seven ra- uh, realms. And it worked out pretty well for them. So a week in this week, uh, rookies and Firebats distance themselves from their rivals. So, Barbera Rookies three and O, and Valencia Firebats three and one. So they're at the front of the uh, standings at this point in the women's LNFA. Current champions did not fail at home against Barcelona Buffalos in a 22-2 victory, and the Valencias added a vital triumph win against the Pioneers, uh, 16-12. With these uh, victories, the two squads uh, obviously going towards and eyeing for the championship with the two victories of margin with respect to their obviously uh, contenders on Saturday, the pioneers fell to the Firebats in a very close matchup with many alternatives on the scoreboard, which was resolved in the last quarter, 12, 16, to 12 pioneers ahead in the first quarter with a touchdown by Rocio Martinez. But before the break uh, firebacks managed to turn the result with a TD by Gloria El Adasi, converted by two points by Natalia Alvarez at that point, eight to six, after passing through the locker room, a new exchange of blows. Pioneers returned to get ahead with a, a touchdown of Ana and diaz 12-8. to eight. But six minutes from the end, Firebats finally sentenced the shock here. Natalia Alvarez with the, uh, the uh, finishing second TD uh, for the Valencians, who also added, again, the conversion of two, thanks to Ana Leal, to leave the score in the final of 16-12. to 12. And that's the, the score finals there in the LFA Femenina. Let me see here. The other scores here. Rookies, meanwhile, added their third win of the season and remain unbeaten. Sabrina Marcus, with two touchdowns, again, led the attack of the champions, despite the final result, did not uh, until the fourth quarter. The first TD of Marcus, with the conversion of two by um, Alba Izquierdo put 8-0 on the scoreboard in the first bars of the game, but Buffalo's cut the gap by forcing a safety with a 2-8-2 came to rest, and equality. Uh, to move the score, as soon as the fourth quarter began, rookies obviously took over. Uh, second TD of Sabrina Marquez rec- after recovering a fumble when the uh, Buffalo's attack was uh, near the end zone. Quarterback Monica Rafecas added the conversion of two points and put the 16-2 on the scoreboard. Uh, Buffalo's did not uh, let up; they kept fighting, but without success. And in the last moments, uh, Monica Ruffekas rounded the win with the new touchdown to finalize the score, 22-2. And we're looking at the standings coming up here um, next weekend. So next uh, weekend, it's going to be March 3rd, Week 5. Barcelona looks to rebound against the Pioneers. Both teams obviously lost this past week. Uh, and then Badalona uh, looking for their first win in almost over two years, taking on Barbera rookies, which I doubt is going to happen. In week, uh, week 4, action of the 7-on-7 Black Demons will take on Habados as well in the Spanish league. So you're up to date there. And like I said, Baffle Women will update as soon as uh, double coverage gets us the information up there as well. Uh, and then we're going to have FFA France updates on Twitter. So you're uh, um, stay up to date there as well. And we'll get coverage from France as well, from our uh, networking partners. As soon as we get some highlights as well from photographers and everything else that's happening. So go to the hub at Facebook dot com for says gridiron beauties keep up to date on everything that's happening in the women's game internationally and globally um in terms of the sport um so thanks to um junior Pardo for coming in and kind of giving us the insights of the week three uh, aaf action and looking forward and uh, kind of figuring out what week four is going to look like for aaf and we're looking forward to atlanta upset maybe against arizona we're obviously looking forward to the apollos and and um, the iron and uh, San Antonio, see if they're going to come back after this second road trip going forward. There, um, don't forget you can uh, listen to us on indierapradio.com. Indie Rap Radio, you can get the uh, downloaded at Google Play. And our show is broadcast Wednesdays 10 a.m. and obviously replays throughout the week at indierapradio.com. You can also get us on Player FM. Player FM. It's been exciting for us as well. Tune in uh, if you have the TuneIn app. And then, obviously, Apple Podcasts as well. So, right here on Block Talk Radio, always you can always tune in to us that way. Um, the other news that's happening in the uh, women's game, obviously, is the acoustics. The acoustics are having a great uh, offseason, retooled. Uh, they acquired obviously, uh, acquired the talented quarterback, uh, Michelle Angel, as well as Megan Hansen, Nicole Peterson, Sasha Cruz. So, a lot of talented players are going to uh, Austin, looking to make a mark this year given the retool of the Chicago bliss. We'll see how Chicago does that route. But uh, overall, this has been a kind of a, I would say, a very shuffling season for the uh, Legends Football League, as some players, like Michelle Marshall, Megan Martinez, Lonnie Lopez are in Atlanta. you got uh, Anna Garza in, um, also in um, Omaha, and a, a lot of players returning to Los Angeles. you got the exiting from Nashville to Seattle, of Stevie Schnorr and Kiki Matheny and um, everybody else that left in terms of Nashville. We'll see how Nashville looks like at this point. So there's questions there. And then we have the WNFC and the WFA as well. Um, check it out. You guys go to our Instagram gallery, go like the uh, post that we uh, reposted from Prague, black cats, uh, Barusha, the best offensive player twice and Radush the most valuable player uh, of the uh, uh Prague Black Cats. You can get it right now and check it out and go like it. Over 400 likes. So these girls are totally excited that everybody's gone to like their uh, our posts on Gridiron Beauties on Instagram. So uh, check it out, go to the link there and uh go give them a like. So amazing season that they had and they're amazing athletes as well. So congratulations to both of them off the uh, CAAF in Czech Republic as well. Um Let's see here what else we've got going on in terms of the recaps. you got all the AAF recaps that me and Junior talked about this uh, in the last uh, sex segment. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, shared content of amazing women playing American football globally anytime, anywhere. Go to subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, the link is there as well. So hit the bell icon for any alerts and get uh, excited to watch American women's football globally as well. Um, There is a breaking news that came out. Massachusetts introduces a youth ban bill. You can read it up on it. Uh, California Youth Football Association also was facing that ban earlier in the year. Um, The real question is, where is USA football and the NFL in opposing these ban bills? So give us your your feedback there. If you guys want to tweet out stuff to us or post anything on our Facebook page, you can do it weekly on our Facebook page under the uh, episode 262 and on Twitter under the uh, episode 262 as well, so we can always uh, respond to your needs and questions as well. There's a a cool article uh, at uh, sportspromedia.com has a cool article there on the hub. The era of undervalued women's sports sponsorship is nearing an end. It has to do with basically European soccer as well as rugby, but it still applies to women's tackle football, so I thought it was a good piece to kind of revisit there. So you can take a look at that. Uh, Anna Garza is going to be holding a camp in um, Nuevo León, Mexico. Mexico. Nuevo León or Monterrey. Uh, you can actually uh, go ahead and register there, and she's going to be there, I believe, March 9th and the 10th. So our Nordic football athlete there, uh, Anna Garza, is showing up on her camp. I want to thank um, uh, Gwen, uh Flato Donomy of the uh, WFA Maya Blaze, once again, kind of giving us an insight on the pack. And obviously, what's going to happen with My Eye as they get ready to defend unfinished business. And they're wanting to hoist their D2 championship, obviously, at home in Denver in the upcoming season. So, um, today, Troy was with us because of the WFA and the WNFC seasons coming up. Mackenzie Brooks and Holly Custis will not be on the show as often as before. They'll chime in when they can. And then uh, Luis Bean is over in Mexico going to play at the Cancun uh, ch- uh, tournament. That's going to be for AAFE tournament. You get the details on our Facebook page as well. So between now and a couple weeks, it's going to be myself and maybe Troy chiming in, but you'll have Junior with me as well to talk AAF. It's kind of a shift for us, but that's the way it's got to be. So really, really appreciate you guys t- um, kind of like tuning in and giving us some feedback as well. Go to the Apple uh, link if you can on our Facebook page, And go ahead and rate our podcast, whether it be one through five. Hopefully we earn fives. And leave some comments there if you like the show. Fantastic host, fantastic co host good topics, love women's football, whatever. So check out, go to the link on Apple Podcasts and kind of give us a a nice little comment and and rate it so we can get some ratings go up and bring more awareness to the sport. And so uh, it's pretty much the whole week um, that happened in the women's game. And there's a great article on gridironwest.com AU on the historic women's all-star game uh, that was South versus North in Gridiron West. So that's pretty much covers it all. Go to the Zazzle shop if you haven't already. We really appreciate you guys going there. Anything you buy there helps us uh, bring more awareness to the sport. We have a couple athletes coming up that we're going to be announcing this coming week on our uh, No Joe Football brand page as well as the Gridiron Beauties page on Facebook. Um, and those players will be sporting their stuff in the middle of March. And as we get towards the season, a lot more players are going to be sporting our No Joke Football gear as well. So be on the lookout for who's going to be sporting the No Joke Football brand going forward. So really, really appreciate you guys supporting us and bringing awareness to sport at the same time. So looking forward to AAF, uh, XFFL action. Looking forward to the LNFA Femenina Week 5. Uh, also Baffa Women recap by Double Coverage and we're looking forward to the FFFA France also um, as we get uh, updates from that. So it's been a pretty good 262 podcast. Uh, you guys are listening to the best podcast talking women's American football for 10 years running and NFL news. And we're very proud of that. And so check it out on tune in, uh, listen to it on listen notes, Apple podcasts, Indie rap radio players, uh, FM and block talk radio. So it's, been an awesome awesome 10 years and we are very very excited to continue to do what we do so uh, for troy wilson oscar lopez and for the option Mackenzie brooks uh, holly custis and uh, louise bean we'll catch you here next week for another edition of the grand brits right here on block talk radio player fm indie rap radio tune in and apple Podcasts. have a great night everybody